0: Welcome to Optimise Your Lifestyle with me, Steph Clarkson. It's a place for wellness, brain training, life hacks and insights with me and my fantastic guests. Come on in. So, Hello and welcome to this podcast. So I'm here with Richard Mason, who is a nutritionist, personal trainer and of course my other half, my husband-to-be. Well,
1: Hello, Richard. Hello everyone,
0: thank you. <laughs> and um, really we're just recording a little bit of audio to talk about some of the myths around sleep, some of the old wives tales that you will have heard about what's good to do, or maybe just some of the general lifestyle habits that you've got into that actually when you look at them closely are quite detrimental to sleep. And Richard's here to kind of put his opinion on it and just discuss and debate with me today and so let's get started are you ready rich yeah i'm ready awesome so the first myth is this idea of having a nightcap. um so before we get into that um what's your experience of this one rich have you heard people talk about having a bit of alcohol drink before bed to help them get to sleep is that something you've come across
1: uh yeah it's For me, a nightcap was always, not necessarily alcohol, but uh, uh, I was brought up to drink it like a milky drink that would help me sleep. Mm. Uh, It's not something that I tend to do because uh, generally my hydration isn't... uh, I don't need to hydrate as much as the average person, so I try to avoid liquids before bed. But yeah, yeah, I have heard a lot of people say a glass of wine before bed helps me sleep and I get a better quality sleep, get to sleep quicker. Yeah. it's certainly not something I recommend. Yeah, but, uh, and
0: I think especially the older generation, I mean, I kind of think of grandma and granddads having a, a drop of sherry or a little bit of whiskey. And um, I mean, it's very understandable why people think this one is true, because what is true is that alcohol does sedate us, and it actually sedates part of the brain, so it switches off part of the brain. And when that part of the brain is sedated, it feels like sleepiness. But actually, when you look under, um, I was going to say a microscope, a brain scanner, um, when you look under the brain scanner, what you see is that the brain brain isn't acting in a way it normally would with sleep. It's very different, and you're not getting the benefits and the same processes of natural sleep while you're under sedation. And actually, what often happens is people will wake up when the substance wakes off, wears off, sorry, and then you've got that waking up in the night cycle and trying to get back to sleep. So, I mean, alcohol... We, we use alcohol for that, don't we? we? We use it to numb our emotions, even though sometimes it makes us more emotional, ironically. But we use it to kind of get away from things and and numb ourselves and turn ourselves off. But actually what that does is stop our brains from working as they should do. So the quality of your sleep and the quality of your rest um, is, is massively affected, actually. Even though you feel out of it, it's not a good out of it. Um that makes sense?
1: Yeah, I, I must admit that's, that's something I wasn't aware of and, until recently. Of course, as we've been working on th- th- <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, yeah, that one was a surprise to me. I must say, yeah. I, I had I had no idea that um, that the sleep you got from having a few glasses of wine or the yeah. one or whatever it might be impacts your sleep cycle at yeah. all. So, yeah, um, and it's
0: actually more like anaesthetic. It's Mm -hmm. not like being under-anesthetic, especially if you've had a lot of it. Mm. Um, And I think your point was true, actually. The hydration point of view, um, sleep, um, sorry, not sleep, doesn't dehydrate you. A nightcap may dehydrate you, and that could cause you to wake up because you're dehydrated. If you have lots of alcohol or lots of fluid, you might need to get up to go to the loo. And the body's very clever about this. You know, Every 90 minutes, we go into a light phase of sleep. And the body kind of uses that time to check in are we too hot are we too cold are we too stressed do we have too much fluid so you're more likely to wake up at those 90 minute points and be brought fully into wakefulness if you've had too much fluid or too little fluid um because the body sees that as an important thing you know you need to hydrate or you need to remove this fluid so yeah from that point of view um i quite like uh, a warm milk drink i think that can be quite nice of our chemicals and milk um that are quite soothing and bring the body into a relaxed state um I think there's a danger though that you could have something that's more sugary and there's lots of drinks on the market that are kind of marketed as you know either a night time. and I don't know about things like Ovaltine if that's any maybe you know that from a nutrition point of view but I think there's a little risk of having something too sugary and the sugar kind of giving you that spike what, what do you think on that you're probably the expert in that area
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely spot on, actually. Um, in a se- the same effect of uh, a, a milky drink, that's exactly what things like Ovaltine and my absolute favourite, Horlicks, as well. Uh, plug, plug.
0: Um, yeah. <laughs> We're not endorsed. by, by <laughs> Horlicks is getting no money from this recording. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, they... The the reason behind why they make you sleep is, again, not something I quite understand, but uh, I would absolutely say they are also sugary drinks, Mm. um, which will spike uh, an insulin effect in your body, as any other type of sugar would do anyway. Uh, So no, ideally, you shouldn't be having any any amount of sugar just before bed, regardless of what it is. So maybe some warmed
0: up milk, it's not too bad, it's not too sugary, just kind of... General milk, yeah.
1: So. Again, again, I, I, without looking into it too much, it's not something I've ever looked at in in depth. Yeah. I, I believe, for what I know, that, that there are certain ingredients in the milk, not necessarily the sugars that, that help you uh, settle down and, and sleep. Whether that takes over the benefits of having a sugary drink before bed, having a hot chocolate, yeah. Or I something, guess what I'm asking is milk sugary? Um, are
0: there hidden sugars in
1: milk? Absolutely, is it lactose sugar? Okay. it's a different type of sugar but
0: mm-hmm.
1: sadly sugar is mm-hmm. sugar so yeah it, it's no no more or no less than any other sugar it's a different type of sugar it's different source mm-hmm. of sugar different quality yes absolutely but it will still give you an insulin spike
0: yeah, I guess something that I like to do, and, and this will be contradictory to some other things I've said, but I'm a pretty good sleeper and I do have a lot of um, positive habits that enable me to sleep through the night most nights, and that is just having a small cup of herbal tea. There's something like chamomile, you can have nighttime blends, and I think for me, it's not necessarily the herbs that are calming me, although they may do to some degree it's that it's become my routine so I almost feel like my body knows it's time for bed when I put the kettle on and have that herbal tea like it's a signal a psychological signal that okay I'm winding down now and I'd probably have that maybe 20 minutes before bed um in a small cup not the big tea mugs that you'll be used to (laughs) during the day um but yeah and I think I use that psychologically um, and it's also, you know, nice and flavorsome and, and kind of a, a bit of a ritual um, for me so, so maybe that kind of side of things might be the better choice unless of course you are the sort of person who gets up easily. Um if, if that's you, you know, avoiding flu is really for the last 90 minutes or a couple of hours before bed is probably wiser I would say
1: Yes, and uh, things like herbal teas they are that the, essentially they're just T- tend to be fruit-infused, aren't they? So it's a fruit leaf.
0: Yeah, or herbs. No sugar
1: or herbs. Yeah, yeah. There's no sugar. Leaf it's sponges. mostly water. No problem with that at all. Absolutely. Maybe a w- there may be an argument for saying it's not as yeah. good at helping you get to sleep as milk, if that is an argument in the first place. But certainly wouldn't be too detrimental to your quality of sleep at all just by having a herbal tea so i think that's a good choice
0: yeah yeah and and with with my kind of work as a sleep coach and helping people i always think as well it's not about being a saint you know there will be some nights um where you drink alcohol i mean we often have some wine on a friday night and it's not about stopping all those bad habits necessarily unless your sleep's got to a point where you know you really need a big lifestyle shift to kind of reset yourself Um, but it's more being aware that if you're going to do that your sleep quality is going to suffer and it might take you a few days to kind of regain on that so by all means if you have the alcohol please kind of be rational and fair with yourself and say well A equals B you know alcohol equals worse quality sleep it's not that anything I'm doing is wrong it's just that I chose to be a bit naughty and there's consequences to that and a few days later you know Start back again. It's like a diet, isn't it? It's like the classic dieter who goes and has a McDonald's. It doesn't mean if the next day you start eating healthy again, it's, it's not going to benefit you. It's just, you know, kind of being human and saying, okay, A equals B. Let's start again.
1: Yeah, and on that note as well, if you have had a few. Uh, drinks a particular night before bed and then you go into bed a lot of people mistake waking up in the morning as um oh it's all the alcohol i had um okay uh possibly but actually the, i think the lar- the largest the, the two largest things in my opinion and hopefully you would you agree talking, in terms
0: them, of having a hangover and feeling yeah if you yeah
1: it's actually um yes it will interrupt your sleep cycles as we mm. as we know
0: yeah
1: and and b it's a dehydration yeah. So, you know, a lot of people tend to have a drink of wine, let's assume. Yeah. With a then glass of wine after, and then it might have another glass mm. of wine, then it might have another water mm. after, keeping that hydration up. But most of the effects of the feelings of having a hangover yeah. is not alcohol-induced. It's the fact that your body's so dehydrated. So I have it out.
0: Yeah, but that's that's not a solution, is it? It's not a solution, It doesn't make <laughs> it, no, it, all the that. No. But, um. Yeah, it, you certainly feel a bit fresher the next day if you're going to do And sometimes you will. You'll, you'll have those days where it's the office party and you'll want to have a drink and let your hair down and you've been working hard for months and, you know, it's on the house, so why not? So in those sort of contexts, yeah, that's a good idea, isn't it? Alternating your drinks with water just so you feel better the next day. Um, but expect to have disrupt sleep and to... And, and actually if you're a chronic sufferer of insomnia and that might be because some things happened recently in your life that's just giving you that period you may want to think about actually just going teetotal to ride it out until you get into better habits and then introducing alcohol back at a limit that it doesn't affect you too much um, I mean in an ideal world we'd all be teetotal and we wouldn't have the stuff but obviously we as a culture do drink and, and we uh, our wine drinkers ourselves and so you know we it, it's using common sense as the end and bringing sensibility to it um cool so yeah i think um we've debunked the myth of the nightcap there okay fantastic yeah. so number two myth is having naps um tell me about your experience with naps Richard. <laughs> are you a napper
1: what's a nap i have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> uh yeah i, I I'm quite a regular sleeper generally, and I, 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 I'm, a, I'm kind of as that has a routine. However, I'm quite resistant to naps. I, I think, okay, well, I'm okay. I, I'll just, I'll just ride it out, and I'll be all right. For generally, for me to have a nap, I've got to be ill mm. usually. Um, but yeah. recently, I've started to see the benefits of having a nap uh, and catching up a little bit from from the sleep that I've lost if yep. I've got a particularly early morning and or sometimes I've uh, I've struggled to sleep during the night. Uh, that could be a problem for me getting through the day. I've got quite an active job as you can imagine yep. and uh, having a long day when I've lost a lot of sleep is quite difficult. So yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah and I think naps are naps are another one of these personal things and sleep really is personal to you. Um the problem with naps is that when we nap during the day, we start off a process called building sleep pressure afresh. So we have two systems that run the body. Um, the Circadian rhythm, which kind of works with daylight and nighttime. We get sleepy when the sun goes down and we feel refreshed when the sun goes up. And then we have something called sleep pressure. And that's like a timer that begins from the second you wake up. And when you've been awake too many hours, we start getting chemicals that make us sleepy and make us drowsy. Now, the problem with naps is if you nap in the middle of the day, it's like you're resetting that timer. So you don't get that chemical um maybe 10, 11 o'clock at night when you really want it to help you get into sleep. Having said that, there are some times when you've built up um so much of a sleep debt. So if you've had four or five nights of bad sleep, where having a short nap um will still be fine at night because your body's just just desperate for sleep and I guess it's kind of a bit of trial and error to some degree of working out how long you can nap and it not impacts your sleep pressure. So some people find they can have an hour's sleep in the afternoon and maybe they sleep longer during the night and that's just their routine and that works for them. Um, especially older generations tend to do this. Sleep changes as you get older and you find yourself having more naps during the day. Um, other people, if they have uh, half an hour of sleep during the day, they can't sleep at night because their sleep pressure just doesn't build up. Um, some people find that after a week of bad sleeping, they can have two hours in the day and they still sleep at night because there's so much uh, sleep that the body needs. Ideally, avoid them. If you're having chronic insomnia, again, avoid napping for the time being until you get into better sleep routines. And then again, like alcohol, it's something that you can introduce if you want to. But work out how much napping you can do and work out how tired you are, actually. Because we've all had the Spanish siesta where it's just a warm sunny day and we've fallen asleep outside while we're sunbathing or something like this where actually we didn't need the sleep And on those nights, you're probably not going to get to sleep as well that night. But we also all have the day where we've had, you know, five days on the trot of not going to get to sleep because a neighbour's been doing DIY early in the morning or something like that. And that nap's not affected it at all. So there's a little bit of common sense. And it was to all of these, really. But also, it's so down to the individual. I guess the myth is that naps are a good thing. Our naps are a good thing. You've got to be strategic with them ideally if you've if insomnia is the reason that you're listening to this right now just stop having them for the time being and get your body back into that cycle of building sleep pressure and using sleep pressure to kick you into sleep because that's what it's there for it's the body's natural way to get you to sleep and you're denying that if you're napping too much in the day did that all make sense I got, I got a bit passionate into it then um, <laughs> Was that clear, Was rambling on too much?
1: No no, 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 I think you've confirmed what I, I believed, really, so, that, yeah. so that's good. I wasn't entirely sure which direction this, this part of the conversation would go, so okay. I'm glad you've you've helped me out there. Yeah,
0: yeah uh, and Richard will laugh at me because um, I, I do nap. When I'm tired and I've had a bad night's sleep, I do nap, um, but I'm also quite strict with the time, so I, I'll try not to... I usually say wait me up in an hour, which I know will be 15 minutes to get to sleep... And, you know, you've kind of got 45 minutes of sleep there. If if I do that much, I'm generally okay. But sometimes I'm not. Sometimes, actually, it takes me a couple of hours after you've gone to bed to get back to sleep again. And and I kick myself and think, oh, you know better than this, Steph. You're a sleep coach. Come on. Um, So we we all do it. Um, I'm very transparent about that because we're all human. We all have lifestyles. We all have things we've got to do. Um, It's being aware of it and it's knowing that, ah, the reason why is this. And tomorrow I have to be a bit more well behaved and not do that because it's going to just keep on this cycle. Um, What would you, I'm going to ask you first because I've got lots of ideas on this topic, but I'm interested in what you would do. If you didn't want to nap, and I know you're more against napping than I am, what would you do instead to get that rest that you needed?
1: Um, That's an interesting question. Okay, I would probably, if, it, if I wasn't just to resist it and just decide, okay, I'll go to bed a bit earlier tonight if I can, which is, which by my own belief, doesn't work, because uh, I think if I, if I try and get to go to bed yeah. earlier to catch up on something too early than my normal time, it makes the whole situation worse, and I can't get to sleep anyway.
0: Yeah, hold that thought because that's going to be the third night okay. we look at. So right. a sneak preview there. <laughs> okay, okay.
1: Well, the other thing was just yeah. to have an easier day. I suppose just yeah. decide, okay, I'm too tired today, so let's just let's just not do much today mm. if I can get away mm. with it. Let's have an easier day, which which doesn't always solve it, but
0: yeah, Yeah. yeah, yeah. Something I do I mean. Obvious things are things like meditation, if you have a meditation practice. Um, but something that I do is actually just lay in a dark room um, without the intention of sleeping and just close my eyes and let all those busy thoughts throughout the day just bubble up and I just think about things. I just take an hour out, half an hour out just to think about things. And it's the same process that you sometimes get at night when you can't sleep and you're tossing and turning and your brain's been busy. But I almost allow my brain to do that earlier in the day to get it out of its system. And I see it as like just offloading and just percolating and just letting my brain just have an hour processing away from any distractions. And that can really really help um I mean even if I'm not sleepier sometimes we'll do that I mean we, we do have a meditation practice myself more than yourself which helps as well um but yeah I think some things sometimes naps are just pit stops to refuel us and there are other ways to refuel which can just be sat on a bench looking at nature pottering doing the housework if you're at home lots of things Think of it as, if you're desperate for that nap, what can I do to just take a breather and take some you time that isn't necessarily napping? And you're a gamer, actually, so for you it's probably, potentially, been on the Xbox a little bit, just playing...
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I do to relax, actually. It's uh, it's, it's not, not very often that I get a new game, and it's not very often that I... I play for long periods of time, but that is exactly one of the things that I do to relax if I'm too tired and I just want to do something where I don't have to think too much. I can just zone out into my own little world. I will have an hour, hour and a bit maybe playing the game rather than having a nap. So, mm. yeah, as much as I tell myself, no, I don't want to have to think about something too much. It's. I understand that it's much easier for my brain to do nothing easier just by having a nap. Yeah. But... Uh, my my go-to is gaming.
0: Yeah, yeah. And in terms of sleeping well through the night, that's, that's probably the right idea, really. It's probably a better solution. Um, so the myth number three that I'd just like to kind of move on to, because uh, I'd like to keep this to the half-an-hour, 40-minute mark, is lying in to catch up on sleep or going to bed early to catch up on sleep. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Right, well, um, unfortunately... I am an ITEL that mm-hmm. has to get we up
0: that
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. has to get up most mornings around about 6:30 in the morning mm. which presents a problem Ouch. yeah so uh, the only lie in I get every week is a Sunday morning mm. uh now I will allow myself that lie in but my body doesn't always Mm. it always wants to wake up n- not much later than say 8 eight thirty 30 a.m yeah now, for morning people that they'd say that's half the day gone <laughs> <laughs> for people yeah. like me yeah. uh no that that's still yeah. too early yeah uh yeah so i will allow myself that lie in it's mm. it's whether it's whether my body allows me to have that much mm. of a line or not i do understand that a in doesn't really help you
0: mm. much unless
1: unless you're up at a sleep debt, hmm. which I sometimes need to to use. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but it's it, it's something I I haven't really had for years. I've not had the opportunity hmm. to do it regularly for years. So quite interested to see what you've got to say, actually.
0: Yeah. Well, in terms of the sleep science, um, lies in aren't very good for us actually because. The mind likes and the body likes consistency. The The body likes to know that it's got until 7.30 every morning before the alarm goes off to do its work. And if you're getting up at 7.30 one day and 10 the next day and at 6 the next day, actually you're constantly changing the goalposts so the body can't do its best work because it just doesn't know how much time it's got. And you might say, well, consciously I know when the alarm goes off, but it doesn't work like that. Um, So it's interesting that you say on a Sunday your body doesn't let you and that's because actually six days a week you're on a pretty regular schedule and your body is trained into that schedule and will wake you up at the time it's used to. Now that's a really good sign to me, although it obviously feels painful to you when you want to catch up on sleep, it's a very good sign to me that you have trained your body, your body knows what's coming when, your body knows how much time it's got and on a physical level you probably a lot healthier okay. than people who don't because of that. The the benefits, you can't see, of course, but, right. the, but they will be there. Um, yes, I, you've made the point that unless you've got a really bad sleep debt, and I think that's probably true. If you have had less than eight hours sleep consistently for a long period, I personally don't think it's too much harm to take some extra sleep. Um, every now and again, it's more of an issue when it's happening every weekend or it's happening every other day, and you're, you're inconsistent. Okay. So, um, <coughs> sorry. So, for example, let's say you've had three weeks where you get up at roughly the same time every morning, and then you've had the office party. Let's get back to the office party, and that weekend you just feel like you need more sleep lie-in that time yeah your body's probably going to get back into its usual thing pretty quickly Um it's when it's it's when your body just hasn't got a clue whether it's coming or going and you might say oh well every Saturday I have a lie-in but <laughs> your body doesn't know that it's Saturday it will just want to work as it does the majority of the time so oh,
1: okay. yeah so is it is it possible then that um the, amount that the time that I wake up naturally on a Sunday every week varies. So is it possible then that when I have in my lying, my body is waking me up when I've had enough sleep, depending on what I've done the rest of the week?
0: Um, it's difficult to say, isn't it? Because a well-trained body will get up on the time. So if you got up at 7.30 every day and had done for years, a well-trained body will still wake you up at 7.30 within, give or take, 15 minutes. Sometimes your body will sleep longer if you've got so much sleep deprivation it thinks you need another cycle, so jet lag's a classic example of this, or if you're ill, which you mentioned earlier if you're yeah. ill, you might find and sleep comes in cycles of ninety minutes. I like to think of it like a washing machine cycle. your mind might think actually Richard desperately needs an extra wash today, so we're going to override that instinct at six at seven thirty and we're going to give him another one that's. That's beautiful in a way because that's your body using its own intelligence. But that should be happening rarely. Your body will do that if you're desperate. If you've not slept because you're totally jet-lagged from being at the other side of the world, your body will do that. But generally speaking, as long as you're living a sensible, consistent lifestyle, um, it should be waking you up um, within, give or take, 15 minutes. Um, I do say sleep cycles are in 90 minutes. Obviously, there's a little bit of a wiggle room on that. But yeah, does that answer your question? Mm, Yeah,
1: yeah, it does. Yeah, thank
0: you. Okay. Um, The other side of this is, do you catch up by going to bed early? And you kind of touched (laughs) upon this before. Um, What's your thoughts on having an early
1: night? Absolutely waste of time. (laughs) Don't bother. Uh, No, no. I love it. It's uh, it's it's one of these people may disagree with me but it's one of one of the things your mum always tells you isn't it well go Mm. to bed earlier tonight (laughs) uh no no it's of course nowadays i understand the science behind this but i can't i really and and again unless i'm ill i can't go to bed early i i struggle i struggle to go to bed much earlier Mm. than half past 10 Mm. every night it's i i just can't do it and, and if I try, even if I decide that I need to catch up on half an hour, yeah. I'll go to bed at ten o'clock. I won't get to bed for yeah. for a long yeah. time after that. Yeah, yeah, and
0: so. yeah, and that, and actually, the science backs it up. To be honest, um, so if you're going trying to go to sleep outside the the circadian rhythm that you're used to, or before you've got enough sleep pressure, um, then the body just isn't ready the body just isn't ready to go to sleep and you will spend more time tossing and turning and being frustrated um than anything and actually that's a vicious cycle because then you start to tell yourself i can't sleep i'm a bad sleeper and i'm sonia what's wrong with me then you start to have these stress and anxiety thoughts around sleep and beliefs around sleep which aren't actually true it's just that your body isn't ready yet so in terms of going to bed early and i i I've always had the problem of fighting sleep till the very last minute yeah, me too, um, so I don't me really too. have this problem um, yeah is to only go to bed when you're sleepy when, you've, when you're feeling sleepy you know that the chemicals from both the circadian and sleep pressure or one or the other have kicked in and your body is ready for sleep now
1: can I just elaborate on that a bit more yeah. just, it's interesting that what you've just said the way you put it um, because there are very occasionally I, I get to say quarter past 20 past 10 and then I go okay right time to go and do my teeth mm-hmm. and get my clothes ready for the next day and then 10 10 30 like clockwork I'm in bed but there are days where I get to half past nine ten o'clock and I'm wired or wide awake and I know oh, there's no way in those circumstances I say to myself okay I don't think there's much point in me going to bed yet I'm mm. so wired mm. and then I let that pressure build up mm. And then I think, oh, okay, now I'm going to be going to bed much later. Mm. I'm going to lose out on sleep. I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning. I'm going to feel really, really tired. Yeah. I'm not. Why? Why is that?
0: Well, I think one of the reasons is that if your body knows it has... If you've trained your body well, which it sounds like you have, actually and your body knows it's got till 7.30, then even if you get to sleep at one o'clock, your body still knows it has six and a half hours to do its work because you've trained it to know how much it's got. So in your case, I would say that actually, your body's just been very efficient that night. Now you can't sustain that for long periods. Mm. One night here and there, Mm. you're gonna lose a sleep cycle and it'll have a little bit of an impact. If you're doing that night after night, obviously the, the body just can't deal with that. And something that I should say, which is worth noting, is that catch-up sleep. You never get the benefit of a full night's sleep from catch-up sleep. So let's say you had six hours sleep and then the next day you went to bed two hours early and did get to sleep straight away. You won't get as much quality in the two hours you've got the next day as you would have done if um, you slept through. It doesn't okay. work like that. It's very incremental over several sleep periods, Right. getting okay. the benefits back. Um... Yeah, so, so probably in your case, it's just a well-trained body and it's a, a one-night thing and it can catch up mm. because you've got the energy and resources to, to do so. Mm. Um, also, it's worth noting that because we work in these 90-minute sleep cycles, if you've had several full cycles, it's better than having half a cycle. So what I mean by that is 90 minutes, so two, three sets of 90 minutes is four and a half hours, right? No. Got that three one. sets
1: now that's yeah four and a half yeah. that is fair. <laughs> so three sets of 90
0: minutes is four and a half hours if you woke up naturally at the end of the four and a half hours you've got three complete washes if you like of the washing machine mm. and your body's been able to go through its work fully three times that is better than having five hours and 15 minutes because if you're woke up during the deep sleep phase halfway through a cycle, it's very much like forcing your washing machine up and pulling everything out while it's still soapy and wet. It's right. not been done properly. Right. And this is what new parents suffer with, or people who have sudden noises, shift workers who are woke up by somebody peep, peeping on the horn right. um in the middle of the day. And that the body really struggles to pull back um from being halfway through the washing machine Mm -hmm. cycle so it can be that if you're getting a very common one is six hours sleep so you're getting four full cycles it can be that you can feel quite refreshed because you've had the full set um and really if you have to wake up you're better off doing it that way you're better off saying well i'm going to set my alarm for six hours rather than seven hours because then then i'll get four full cycles rather than Wake up halfway through a cycle, which will be much groggy. There'll be much more sleep latency so all that, the feeling of coming out of sleep um, the next day. But again, you can't live like that forever. The, the body needs eight hours. It needs it needs the full deck, and you will start to see those long term health problems um, if you just try and get away with <laughs> you know well, <laughs> four cycles a night for too long. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, so going to, the one thing I would say about going to bed early, it can work if you're sleepy enough. So let's say you have had a really five-hour sleep the night before, and nine o'clock comes, and you normally go to bed at 11, and nine o'clock comes, and you're so tired. Then, by all means, if you're sleepy, go to bed go to bed earlier if you're sleepy but do wake up at the same time every day so wake up time that's key your body knows how long it's got to do the work before it wakes you that that's the key thing so by all means if you're just so tired you know you'll sleep through sleep through but if you're not tired enough yet you know you're fighting a losing battle and that's where sleeping pills comes out and that's another dangerous thing because these can sedate us and again of course, there is a time and a place for sleeping pills and only your doctor and you can work that out together. But I think even doctors would agree that natural sleep is, is the aim for everybody. When the body is naturally allowed to do what the body does best, that's the way that we all thrive, isn't it? So yeah. so if it's a self-medication and it's short-bought sleeping pills, just try to resist that because you want your body to get used to how to operate naturally at an optimum.
1: Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, I think what my, my history of seat problems, I have had them over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, whether I can label it as insomnia or not, I don't know. But I think a lot of mine was to do with uh, stresses and anxiety. But And then I soon realised that exactly what you said really is, is um, not going to bed until you're absolutely tired. It's no point. If I'm going to bed tossing and turning, I could do that for an hour or two, and I'm giving up and just and playing me mm. games or watching a film or whatever letting that build up what I did then eventually learn which is what you've just said is get up at the same time every day and let let your cycles catch up so even if I didn't mm. get into bed till two still still get up at seven thirty yeah. or whatever time it might be yeah. and then start again and then eventually mm. it comes round, and I can say after probably I don't know maybe five years as an estimate mm. having Sleep problems. I haven't had any mm. for mm. 10 years.
0: Mm. And if you use the metaphor of, imagine you worked at, let's say, a factory, and every time you started work, your boss has never told you what time your shift would end. And some days you'd have not enough time, and you would think, God, I wish you'd told me at the start, I only had five hours, I would have done everything a lot quicker. And some days you have like three hours extra. And you're like, oh, all the time in the world. You know, I've been, I've been rushing, I didn't need to. And and like, I kind of think that the brain's working like that. Like, oh, well, give me a clue. Like, How long do I have? Do I need to do things quickly? Can I do things, can I take my time and do things properly? Can I do some housekeeping or you know, growing your nails more strong and your yeah, hair more strong because I've got a bit of extra time tonight? And I, I almost see the mind a little bit like that. And I think if you were asked to do work with an unknown deadline then, mm. God, it'd drive you drive me crazy, isn't it? Yeah, that's
1: a good way of putting it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, very <laughs> good.
0: I <laughs> think so. Um, and the other thing, which I'm not going to go, I could talk for hours on, but I'm not going to, I'm just going to say very briefly, if you're finding that you're trying to go to bed early and you're struggling with that, please, 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 please do not have caffeine. Really, six hours before you're going to attempt to go to bed. Because caffeine blocks the sleepiness chemical signal. So the, the chemical signal's still there, but it actually blocks it. So you don't know that you're feeling sleepy when you are feeling sleepy. And obviously that, that's not good if you need to catch up sleep and you've had this substance which blocks that feeling. So please, the first thing you do, if you're a coffee, if you're a tea drinker, five hours before, it stays in your, half of it stays in your body for six hours after consumption. So please, five, six hours before, move to decaf to if you have to or just stop the brown stuff
1: and e- even those that say as i do caffeine doesn't really affect me mm. caffeine really doesn't affect me you know i, I i've had mm. extremely strong caffeine supplementation for exercise and it does nothing for mm. me however mm. it does keep me awake
0: mm. Yeah. So
1: even if you're like me that says, "Oh no, no, caffeine doesn't." I'm not sensitive to caffeine at all. Absolutely yeah. agree with you. However, it will interrupt your sleep as it does me.
0: Yeah, so. and and um, you know I don't want to get too much into caffeine right now, but why not try it? If you're in have insomnia, if you're struggling from sleeplessness, what's the harm in cutting it out for a week and just seeing what the difference is and measuring that difference? Okay, you might feel a bit groggy, a bit headachey when you first withdraw from it. You might want to a little bit like. You know, drawing back from cigarettes, you might want to take it steadily, and even talk to your doctor about that if you're concerned about the impacts of it. But what's the harm in trying it, and and seeing what a difference? You won't you won't know until you try it if that's a factor or not.
1: And you might realise that you don't need it at all.
0: Absolutely. I mean, you will remember the night when. I think it was a Friday night and we had some Jägermeister from Christmas and I thought it was a genius idea to have some <laughs> Red Bull with it or a Red Bull equivalent. And what time did I go to bed that night? 4am. Yeah. 4am. I couldn't sleep because I had one can of Red Bull mm. as, you know, a drink at 9 o'clock. Yeah. So, yeah. And and what's the first thing I said to you in the morning?
1: that again.
0: Yeah. I knew better <laughs> than that. The first thing I said was I can't believe I did that. I know mm, better than that, yeah. but I also think it's a good story to share because yeah. you know
1: yeah.
0: we're all human. Also, <laughs> caffeine keeps you awake. <laughs> so I think we I think we thoroughly covered um, those myths there and, and topics. So thank you yeah, for thank having you. this discussion with me. I think it's quite nice just to you know sh- share share this in discussion and um yeah hopefully those of you have been listening you found that useful you found out some things that maybe you didn't know before or if you did know all of that maybe it's just kind of brought it to the top of your mind and refreshed um your memory with that so you can move forwards and make some changes Right. And you know, I, I also hope uh, we take away the fact that we are all human. Um, we're all going to have the days that we have the Red Bull or the wine or um, or the nap, and just expect the consequences. You know, just A equals B, and you can forgive yourself and, and start again the next day and be better.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Thank you.
0: So, thank you for listening. Okay. Arthur thank Steph you. I'm Clarkson, and you are
1: Richard Mason.
0: Hey.